How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah.gmail.com, and, of course, I will answer as many questions as I can. You know, this is the season we are, even though we're going to talk about Korach, but we're actually in the season called the Three Weeks. This is a three-week period um, from what's called the 17th of Tammuz to Tishabov, the 9th of Av, where we, we think about the destruction of the temple, and then, we, and then of course, we, we um, I don't want to say celebrate, that would be a, not a good word, but uh, we remember the destruction of the temple on the 9th of Av, on Tishabov, we'll sit on the floor, we'll mourn, we won't eat, we won't wear leather shoes, we'll get into that, but... My topic is is peace, sort of, versus fighting. The Hebrew word for fighting is machlokes, right? And fighting, machlokes, argument, should be uh, anathema to us. It should be something that, that we can't even handle. Um, at the end of the Shemon Esther, the end of our prayers, we end with a prayer asking God to give us peace, to put peace, sim shalom. There is no greater vessel that will hold blessing than peace. And as we ask God that there should be peace amongst us, we need peace. When we have peace, peace is like a humongous vat. And when we have that big vessel of vat, God can pour in blessing and more and more and more and more, and I can handle it. Right? A home that's full of peace is open to God's blessing because there's peace in the home. When there's peace in the home, God likes to hang out in the home. When God hangs out in the home, that will, of course, bring all kinds of blessing, whether it means children, whether it means uh, livelihood, whether, I mean, I, well, I guess once we get to those two, that's just about it, health. Any blessing you can imagine, it, it, it can't come to me unless I'm in a, in a mode of peace. When there's fighting, when there's arguing, that's like fire. And fire is destructive. And that, by the way, leads us right into the Torah portion about Korach. But before we start talking about the Torah portion, um, I did want to tell you a new program that here on Let's Talk Torah we've uh, begun. And uh, so to all my dedicated listeners, and I, I know you love the show, And I have to tell you, I need your help. We need to spread the show. We need more people listening. We need more people involved. And to do that, to to spread the knowledge of Torah, to let people hear about Torah, to let people understand how the Torah affects their everyday life, um, for that we we need financial help. So on my homepage, there's a donate button. And I need you to hit that button, and I need you to make donations. And when you donate, 
that will allow us to spread the show more, make sure more people are listening, more people can find out about Let's Talk Torah. And, and in that way, my message gets out to, it just multiplies. It multiplies and multiplies. And one simple show is heard over and over and downloaded. And, uh, and that's what we're looking for. We want, we want to share the wealth. We want to share the knowledge of Torah with as many people out there as possible. But to do that, again, we need help. So if you can go to my homepage, um, hit the donate button, and you can leave your name and you can leave in that message, maybe in memory of somebody, maybe in honor of somebody. And in a future show, I will gladly um, give you a shout out or whatever message you felt was important or wanted to be mentioned during the show. And of course, once on the show, you know, it could be listened to, I don't know what forever means, but um, it doesn't go away. It's not a live, it is a live show, but of course it's a podcast. And so people can hear your shout out, um, those prayers or or for somebody who needs a speedy recovery. So uh, hit the button, leave a donation, leave the message, and of course we'll take care of you. Okay, so we're going to start first about talking about Korach and his fighting. We'll leave that, we'll try to use that as a lead-in to um, the three-week period that we're in now, and let's talk about it. So it happens to be that there's a very famous phrase and the phrase is So again, who was Kairach? He can't be like Kairach and his and his group. So Kairach makes a rebellion. He coached it that it was a spiritual fight, and he may have believed it was a spiritual fight. It was a spiritual fight that was coming from jealousy. Uh, Kairach's wife um, lit the fire. She says, how could you let Moses do this to you? Um, he made you get shaved, and he made Aaron, his brother, pick up every Levite, and he embarrassed you, and now you're you're just like a slave to Aaron. And she kept piling on. She says, Kerech, you're so great, and you're so spiritual. You shouldn't just be a regular fellow. He wasn't regular, by the way. Right? We said in the last show, he was one of the four people that carried the Ark, the Aaron. He obviously was a very holy, spiritual, important person. Otherwise, he never could have had that job. But Korach's wife says, you got to be better. You could be more important. This Moses putting you down. And she kept, kept just knocking it into him. And eventually he listened. And he starts rebellion. And that rebellion um, is the cause of 250 other great leaders, rabbis, special people all being swallowed up all losing their world to come, all losing everything they had because of a fight. This fight could have destroyed the Jewish nation. God says, I'll destroy the nation, Moses. I'll start with you. Just let me destroy all these people. And Moses, come on, God. It's just a small group that's fighting. The other people don't know who's right, who's wrong. They're confused. This Korach is so smart. When he talks, he can make them believe anything. Just destroy this group. And it's fascinating Right? Moses doesn't try to protect Korach and his group, unlike any other situation that arises through the 40 years in the desert where Moses is that protector. He is that great leader that will do whatever he can to save, to protect the Jewish nation. Not this time. This time, Moses says, yeah, the, the Korach's group, destroy them. And Moses even says, 
He says, okay, tomorrow we're going to all meet by the OK Corral. No, that's not what he said. But he said pretty much the same idea. But instead of coming with their um, guns to, uh, to have a shootout, he tells Korach to, that him and his group, that all you guys, you're going to come with a fire pen. You say you all want to serve God. You say you're all the, the person who should be the spiritual leader. So the, the, on the holiest day of the year, on Yom Kippur, we go into the Holy of Holies, the high priest, only the high priest, only the Karen Gadol. He goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies, um, and he puts down some ashes. I'm sorry, he puts down coals, and he puts the, the Ketorah spices on, on those coals, and he burns that incense in the Holy of Holies, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Ketorah is a very, very powerful holy spiritual sacrifice. So here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow morning, everybody show up. All 250 of you guys rebelling with Korach, and you'll all have fire pans, and you'll all burn the incense on it, and Aaron will be standing here, and who's ever left standing, because it can only be one coin Gadol. It's only one. So at the end of the day, whoever is left standing, he's the one God has chosen. Except, guys... God already chose somebody. So what makes you think God's going to change his mind? But okay. And sure enough, the next morning they were all there and God kills those 250 and the ground opens up and Korach is swallowed up and these people swallowed up and Korach, not only was Korach and Dustin of swallowed up, their families, the babies were swallowed up. Why? Because when it comes to fighting, Fighting is so powerful. Fighting is so dangerous. Fighting is so detrimental to everything a person could stand for. Even young children will get swept up by the fires of fighting. Reish Lokish actually said it is forbidden to be involved in a disagreement. Rav Ashi in the Gemara says that a person deserves leprosy, terrible punishment. Right? The fact of the matter is that everyone is great. Why are people great? You know why you're a great person? Because a person is created in the image of God. We're created like God. We're God-like. We are very powerful. We can become spiritual. We can become special. But when you fight, right? Everybody knows what happens in a fight, right? You know, instead of just staying on topic, and when you stay on topic, usually the fight is not so bad. The problem, the reason why fights escalate is because instead of staying on topic when we have a disagreement, all of a sudden I start calling you names. I call your wife names. I call your parents names. I call your whole family names. You call me names. We put each other down. We embarrass. We degrade. So if I'm in the image of God and you're making fun of me, so who are you making fun of? You're starting to make fun of God, Right? That's what happens when you get involved in a fight. And when you see people fighting, you got to run away. When somebody comes and says, could you get involved? No. I can get involved to make peace. But I can't get involved to take sides. Getting involved in a fight to take sides is fire. You get connected like Korach. Anybody connected is dead, is finished. As we say, is toast. And I didn't mean that as a pun um, when we talk about the 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 fires of fighting, right? 
so, uh, so I have a story I want to tell. I don't want to miss out on getting, getting through this story. Um, but as powerful, as dangerous as fighting is, as we see with the story with Korach and what happened to him and his followers, um, the Jewish people continued, right, fighting has been the cause of, of destruction for the Jewish people forever. It starts out with Joseph and the brothers. It continues all the way through when the temple is destroyed. And again, I told you that's the time period we find ourselves in. But I would like to tell you a story of what happens when people can go against that nature of fighting. And uh, a really, really a beautiful, amazing story. So the story goes like this. We're going to talk about a boy. His name is Usher. Usher was having difficulty finding his soulmate. He wanted to get married. He would meet different girls. Uh, he, couldn't even, he tried to meet girls. He couldn't even get dates with girls. And he's a nice guy. He was a good guy. And he just didn't know why things weren't working. So he was willing to try anything to any kind of blessing, any kind of, as we say, a segula, to, uh, to find his soulmate to get married. Anyways, he knew that there was a very special segula, a very special, powerful, um, I don't have a good English word for it, but uh, something powerful that would bring blessing to him that he, could, that he could get married or find his soulmate. The rule is, that if a person gets very embarrassed, right? We're just talking about being embarrassed a second ago, right? With fighting. If a person gets embarrassed and he doesn't answer back, he just takes the embarrassment and he swallows it, right? And he doesn't answer. Um, if, he could, if a person could do that, he at that moment has the power to give a blessing and that blessing is going to be answered. Very, it has happened to be tried and true. Very, very powerful. Anyways, so he knew a guy in his synagogue by the name of Reb Baruch. And Reb Baruch was the shusher. What's a shusher? So unfortunately in synagogue, many people go to synagogue, it's a very good time to catch up on uh, current events, catch up with friends, and it's a good time to say, to, as we say, to schmooze. So Reb Baruch, his job was to make sure that, well, he took it on himself, was like a job, but if people in his synagogue would be talking during prayers, he would walk over to them. Now, he can't tell them to stop talking because, right, you're not, if he's saying you're not allowed to talk, well, you're talking. So you can't talk. So he was the shusher. Exactly what it sounds like. He would walk around and he would tell people, shh. Please be quiet. He didn't say, please be quiet. Just shh. My father, blessed memory, by the way, um, that's what he did. He was a big guy, and he would walk around on the Sabbath, and he would shush people. And I can tell you from experience, no one likes to be told to be quiet. And the reason they don't like it is because they know they're wrong. So you're standing here telling me I'm doing something wrong by shushing me. So the only way to protect myself is to make fun of you. Who do you think you are? You're not so special yourself. Acting like you're so righteous all of a sudden, telling me to be good. Uh, it causes a lot of fights. It does. It causes a lot of animosity. But there are people out there that are willing to say, Shah. And he was one of those people. 
So Usher goes over to Rebarach and says, Rebarach, I need a favor. I'm trying to find my soulmate. I need a blessing. Next time somebody really embarrasses you in synagogue, I need you to do me a favor. Could you please not answer and give me the blessing from the embarrassment? Like you'll give me the embarrassment and, uh, and I'll have the blessing that I need. So Baruch said, no problem, my pleasure. Anyways, sure enough, um, the next Sabbath in Shul, uh, there's two people in the back and they're talking, and he goes over to them, and he starts shushing them, and they start to give it to him. You are who do you think you are, Reb Baruch? You're a nobody. And when Reb Baruch finally gave up, he turns around, one of them yanks his prayer shawl, his talus off of him. Like, very embarrassing. Doesn't say a word. Because he told Usher that he would give him the blessing for the embarrassment. Okay. The fact is, one of those guys who who pulled off the prayer shawl off of this Rebarach, his name was Matis. And Matis felt bad. He says, you know, I, I know it's wrong to talk in, in synagogue, to talk in shul. And I, I'm no better than anybody else that doesn't like to be told they're doing something wrong. But Rebarach didn't do anything wrong. He's trying to help me out. I feel terrible that I really embarrassed him. I will call him after the Sabbath and I will ask him to please forgive me for how I acted. So that after Sabbath, that Matzah Shabbos, Matzah calls Rebaruch. He said, Rebaruch, I'm so sorry how I acted to you in synagogue today. I, I feel terrible. It was wrong. It was, I, I'm telling you, I'm completely wrong. And um, I would like to ask your forgiveness. To Matzah's shock. Normally, you ask somebody forgiveness. Okay, they give you a hard time. They don't give you a hard time. Rebaruch says, I can't help you. I mean, you can't help me. Just say you forgive me. I can't forgive you. Why? Why can't you forgive me? He said, I tell you why I can't forgive you. Because you see, um, Usher came over to me and he asked that I should give him my embarrassment so that uh, he could uh, find his soulmate. I gave it to Usher already. So forgiveness doesn't belong to me. You got to call Usher. Whoa, Matis was not ready for this. But Matis, at this point, he wants to fix the situation. So Matis goes, he calls, he calls Usher, and he says, Usher, you know, I'm really sorry, but Rebarach said that he gave his embarrassment to you. I, I need you to forgive me. And was, he said the forgiveness is dependent on you, Usher. So uh, could you forgive me? So Usher says, well, you know, I tell you what, like I really need a blessing to, to get married, um, I have an idea. If you could figure out a way to fix what you did wrong, that would be a tremendous benefit to what I'm trying to accomplish, and maybe that will help me get married. So next time you have a chance to fix up an embarrassment, somebody who's embarrassed, if you can fix something, that would be like, that would help, and then I'll forgive you. Okay, great. So Roberto was thinking to himself, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Anyways, happened to be a week later, this, this Reb Baruch went away for the Sabbath. He's in a different synagogue, in a different neighborhood, and he sees the same story unfold that happened to him the week before. There's somebody, the Shusher, in that synagogue, and his name happened to be Aryeh, 
And he goes over to two people who are talking, and these guys are giving it to him and making fun of him and putting him down and belittling him and ignoring him. And this, if Arya is not stopping, he keeps trying, and finally goes back to seat. Um, this this Baruch goes over to Arya afterwards, and he says, you know, do me a favor. Um, I know you were embarrassed. Um, it's very important I speak to you after the Sabbath. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with what I saw. It's very important I come over to you. So everybody says, no problem, come over. Anyways, um, after the Sabbath, um, this um, Rebbe goes over to Matis, and he says, um, you know, is there anything you need? I was really impressed how you acted today, and it's very important um, for me personally. I don't want to get into the whole story, but it's very important to me that um, I, I help you out. So is there anything I can help you with? Anything, you name it, I'm a wealthy fellow, anything you need. No, he says, no, no, I'm good. No, please, please, it's got to be something. He says, I'll tell you the truth. And that is in Israel. And without getting into all the politics, how uh, marriage works in Israel, but in Israel, when a, when, a, when a girl and boy become engaged, the parents, instead of making expensive weddings like we make here in America, for the cost of the wedding, they basically uh, buy the kids an apartment. Now, this is how they set up their children. Um, each side comes up with a certain amount of money, and they buy an apartment, not in the most exclusive neighborhoods, maybe outside of Jerusalem or, or, in, or, or in newer neighborhoods, but they will buy their children an apartment, not houses. In Israel, everything is apartments. So he says, my daughter is waiting to get engaged, and, and we need money. And until I can guarantee that I have the money for my side to buy an apartment, um, I can't help. So he says, uh, "This so so, um, so <clears throat> so many names over here. Um, I forgot his name, but um, so he said, oh, five minutes left. Anyways, so he says to him, he says, he says to Arya, he says, how much do you need? So he says, um, so Matis says, I'm sorry. So Arya says, I need forty thousand. In the story, I don't remember if it was Shkolem or dollars, but we'll call it Shkolem. I need 40,000 Shkolem. So Matis takes out his checkbook, and he writes this Aryeh a check for 40,000 Shkolem. Okay. Now, so now, um, so now Matis feels he can go back to Usher and say, okay, I did what you asked me to do. I, I helped somebody out, somebody with the same story as it happened with me and Rebaruch, but Rebaruch gave the embarrassment over to you. So uh, I did my job. Anyways, a few days later, this Aryeh calls up Matis to thank him for the check. And he says, you know, Mazatov, I want to thank you. I appreciate that you came out of the blue. Um, I don't know why you came to me, but you came out of the blue and you wrote me that check, that charity check, and now my daughter is engaged. Oh, very beautiful, very nice, very happy for you. And, uh, okay. Anyways, um, a few minutes later, uh, Matis' phone rings again. And it's Usher. So Matis says, Usher, I'm so glad you called me. Um, you know, we, we made a deal that I have to help somebody out in order that you'll give me the forgiveness from that embarrassment that Rebarach gave to you, uh, I did what you asked me. So Asha says, oh, I'm so happy. I have to tell you the truth. Um, I'm ready to forgive you because 
Um, I got, you know, I told you I needed a school. I needed blessings so that I could get engaged. I'm engaged. You are. That's so beautiful. Um, who are you engaged to? So he says, uh, Arye Green's daughter. Arye Green, from this in this town? Yeah, that's the one. So Matt says, you're not going to believe this. I was in his synagogue a week ago, and he's the same shusha that, uh, that Rebaruch is. And, and uh, I went over to him to see when I saw him get all embarrassed, and I remember it, how you want me to help somebody out so that you could benefit and I could benefit, and uh, he needed money so his daughter could get married. And I see that I gave him the money so his daughter could get engaged to you. So everything has come full circle. So what I'm trying to point out in this whole full circle is that we are in the three-week period. We are in a time where the temple was destroyed because of fighting. We'll talk about another show what that fighting was. But the, the, the temple was destroyed because of fighting. Um, Korach's whole group was destroyed because of fighting. Joseph and the brothers had problems with fighting. But when we could go ahead and turn it around and do the opposite of fighting, it's ama- amazing the blessing we can bring to ourselves. But the music is playing, and I got to end it. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to all wonderful sponsors. Listen, you know, I can't do it without you. Thank you to my production team. We have Alan in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NO Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. Every room inside is filled